Thanks for that clap, man. That was crazy. Ah, it's good to see you guys here. I'm excited about uh, this, this day. I'm excited about this, what I feel like God's put on my heart to share with you today. It's, uh, it's interesting because I feel like we live in a world where it, it, things, like, things are coming at us all the time. It's a little different than normal. Anybody feel like things aren't normal? Right. It's almost like nothing's normal after the, that lockdown year. You ever had this problem where you're trying to tell somebody when something happened and you just can't do math anymore? It was like two, no, it couldn't have been two years ago because it was before the pandemic. And then, I don't know. Anybody else? Yeah. Is it just me? I feel like this too, though. That there's times where maybe you feel like this. Uh, you just feel down and you don't know why. Anybody feel that ever? You're, you're just going wrong and you're just like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe you do know what's going on. Maybe you do know what it is. Maybe things aren't working out the way you thought they would. And you, you recognize it. And you just have this frustration that's building. And it's kind of always in the back of your mind. And things are good, but you don't, you, you know, it's almost like you can't enjoy them the way you should because there's this other part that's not doing good. You ever have one of those days? You can talk in church. You can say yes or not. Or I, can, I can see some of you, but you ever have those days? Yes. Those weeks? Yes. Years? Yes. Decades. <laughs> Decades. Wow. That's... That's more sad than I was going for. Sorry. Do you ever lose your keys? Yes. I'm, I'm not, I don't lose things very often, honestly. And that happened to me this week at one point. And I, 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 I seriously, I just stopped and I thought, what's going on? This does not happen to me. And I don't mean that in an arrogant. I just do, typically don't. I put things usually right in the same places every time. So when that happens, I'm like, how could that have happened? What is going on? You ever lose other things though? Like maybe your temper? Maybe a friend? And that's not normal. And it makes you stop and say, what's going on? This isn't how it's supposed to be. It's not normal. It shouldn't be like this. I know this is wrong. Maybe you lose your victory. You even wonder if you've lost your salvation. So what do you do? What do you do when you're discouraged? And things don't seem to be working out right. And you look at life or you look at things and you say, this is not how it's supposed to be. And you, it's almost like you're talking to the wind or you're talking to somebody. You're just like, it's not supposed to be like this. Maybe your job isn't going anywhere. Good, at least. It's just not. Marriage, rough. Home's not a sanctuary. Spiritual life is dry. And you're wondering, God, what's going on? Maybe, maybe you find yourself just kind of outright, just kind of walking through the day a little angry. And that's not you. And you're wondering, why is it like this? I don't normally feel like this. What is happening? Maybe tragedy struck in your life. And once you stop and realize, you're like, oh, I see what it is. I, I'm just not recovered from that. Maybe bills are just there and you didn't realize. And maybe you're feeling literally attacked by people, real people. Has anybody ever been like really attacked? I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about emotionally or spiritually or online or and you just kind of step back and like, I can't believe this is, I can't believe this is happening. Maybe it's just the overall direction of the country. Maybe inflation is gripping you and you realize, I mean, they're estimating that the average family in the U.S. will pay between five to seven grand more this year for everything. Gas. I mean, we, we've seen gas prices go up, but you realize everything you buy in a store came on a truck. So that's going up. I mean, it's everywhere. Politics, news. Seems like what's up is down and down is up and you're just trying to figure out like 
How does life work anymore? Maybe there's people who've disappointed you. Have you ever had that happen? They've talked about you. Or they didn't talk to you. And you don't know why. You feel alone, dejected, unwanted, unappreciated. Maybe it's a chronic illness or something in your body that's not working right. I, it's sad to th- realize that I'm at that age now where I talk to people and it, we end up talking about what hurts. And um, <laughs> I used to look at those people that talk about, they're all oh, my back. And you're like, hmm, that'll never happen to me. Right? Then you sneeze one day and you realize, hmm, my back hurts. Your eyes or your ears, your teeth, your energy, your weight. I mean, there's these things. Maybe it's serious, though, like your kids are making bad decisions. And you're watching it and you're, you know it's not going to end well. And you don't want them to have pain. Maybe they've rejected your advice or rejected your values. And for most parents, we feel like it's a rejection of us. Us. Maybe you feel caught in a cycle of hopelessness and despair and even depression, real depression. So we're singing that second song and talking about God is here and he fixes problems all the time. And I knew what I was going to be preaching today and I wondered if someone out here is saying... That's not true for me today. And maybe you're thinking this, where is God? Where is he? I know I mentioned that in prayer about 9-11. But where is he? Because I think a lot of times we get the idea that becoming a Christian means God fixes everything. And like every fairy tale, you know, you live happily ever after, right? They have that crisis, that one crisis, and it gets fixed, Right? With a kiss or some kind of crazy thing. Right? And then they live happily ever after. And we know that's a great, those are great stories and we want that to be the case. But the fact is life doesn't work that way. It's not just one thing. We go through many things. And most of our lives aren't like this. It's like this. Right? And you want those peaks to be a little higher and then the dip's a little lower each time. But... But when you're in the middle of one of those dips and things aren't going right and you're feeling the pressure of it all and then just the overall pressure of the world we're in, it's hard sometimes to look up and through and see God moving. And you thought Christianity would solve all your problems. And maybe you've walked into this place before. I've had people tell me this and every time they do, I'm just like, wow, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I also know the other side. But maybe you walk in and think everybody here's got it together and perfect because they look great and they're smiling and they seem to be, have perfect lives and you know what's going on inside of you. It's like when you're new someplace and you don't know who else is new. You ever had that happen? And you realize, wait, I'm not the only new person. There's a lot of new people. I just didn't know because I walked in and thought everything was set. It's not like that. When I was in high school, um, I got a job. One of my distant cousins had an electric business. He was, a, he was an electrical contractor, private, private company. And uh, when I was in 10th grade, he asked me if I wanted to make some real money. Because I was doing yards and garden. You know, I, was, I had jobs, but you know, he was like, you want to make some real money? So I said, yeah. And so he handed me a shovel, and he picked me up at 7 a.m. And dropped me off at a house. And back then, where I lived in Chula Vista... Uh, we were, they were putting all the electrical lines underground. 
Go figure. They don't even have wind and tornadoes there, and they put theirs underground. What's up with us? I don't, anyway, they're putting them underground. And so I, he would drop me off at a house, and uh, it'd be like from, like from here maybe to that back wall to the service panel, so I'd have to dig a ditch from the sidewalk to the service. And it always had to be three feet deep, you know, a foot square and square on the bottom, and, and uh, he picked me up at the end of the day. Pretty funny, you know, he was making, I think, I'll never forget this, I was making 235. Does that sound like a lot to you guys? To work eight hours a day with a shovel? Yeah, $2.35 an hour. That's what I was making. And I remember one day I couldn't get through, because San Diego's pretty rocky, actually. And uh, so I had a pick and, an, and, a, and a digging bar and all that. But I remember one day I had I, only made it probably five feet. It was such a hard dig, you know, that one. And I remember he came, he stopped by at lunch, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm working, man. And he goes, why didn't you call me? I'm like, about what? And he goes, well, you're not getting far, you're not going to finish this ditch today. I need it done today. And I'm like, well, how would I call you? And he goes, knock on their door. I'm like, you know, because back then, I mean, you know, anyway, those of you who are my age, you know what I'm talking about. We don't have phones. Like, really? And he goes, well, you could have walked down to 7-Eleven and used a pay phone. I'm like, well, what, would I, what good would that do? And he goes, well, I would have I brought the uh, Bobcat. And I'm like, we got a Bobcat? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, yeah, or the jackhammer. We got a jackhammer? And I, he, goes, he goes, well, I don't use those things. You're way cheaper to run than those things. <laughs> so me sweating and blistering all day long was cheaper work than a bobcat. Oh, gosh. You learn your value, right? I loved that job. I loved it. I loved it because we worked everywhere. We did all these things. We worked all these things. I, I loved doing, you know, we, I would lay, we'd lay pipe, you know, we would, we would, I remember the first uh, discount tire that came in, you know, we drilled holes with hammer drills up on ladders because back then, and you're screwing them in by hand and, and uh, all day long. I mean, we did it all. We did new construction, which was always clean and fun. That was fun. And commercial jobs were great and setting power poles, pulling wire. And we did everything from freeway billboards to electric horse fences out in the middle of nowhere to literally one job we do every year is change this lady's light bulbs. Because she never wanted to be in the dark. And, you know, she was older and didn't want to climb. And she shouldn't climb ladders. And some of them were way up high and we had ladder. I mean, literally we'd go there and take about half an hour and just change every light bulb in the house. Attics and crawl spaces. That's always fun. I mean, I remember being in crawl spaces where it's so narrow. Like my whole chest, I couldn't even lift my head to look. I'd have to turn my head and, you know, you're shimmying. Then you see these eyes and teeth in the darkness. And the big question is, is it a possum? Is it, a, is it a trash panda or is it, you know, you just don't know what it is yet and how territorial it's going to be. And yeah, and does it have rabies? Yeah, yeah, it does. I never got bit. I, they always run. They always run. But the best, though, the best part of the job was troubleshooting. That was, to me, the most fun. So you'd get a call and, and you know, the customer would say, whatever, it's not, something's not working, Right? And I know this may sound like a leap to some of you guys, but this is what God gave me. I feel like the way we troubleshoot electrical jobs is kind of like our lives a little bit. I know this may sound like a leap for some of you. Even as I was thinking about it today, I'm like, hmm, I'm not, yeah, it works. Think about this for a second. We get this call, this outlet doesn't work. How do you know? Well, they plugged in something and it didn't work. So as an electrician, you come in and you got to figure out why it doesn't work. And there's a lot of things, there's a lot of reasons it may not work. It may not work for a lot of reasons. But you've got to narrow it down and figure out what it is. 
And as you do that, you've got to find out things. So there's this pattern that you go through. And it works on almost anything. You could be doing the same pattern on an appliance or whatever, but this is how it works. The first thing you have to do is assess the situation. You have to look at it. And if you're in this situation that I was describing a minute ago where you're so frustrated about life and things aren't working out, you've got to honestly take a look at what it is and figure out what the problem is. Some wise person said once, uh, clearly defining the problem is halfway to the solution. Because sometimes you can be wrong about what the problem is, but you've got to figure out what it is. So I wrote it in my notes this way. I'm just going to say, what's your problem? What is it? Can you figure out what it is? Sometimes it's hard because sometimes you spend time on, this, on the symptoms of the problem and you don't get to the root of what it is. It's like pulling weeds. This is so stupid examples, but this is where I was at this week. You ever pull a weed and you get everything except the root? You got a handful of leaves? That's the problem, right? But if you don't take care of the real problem, what happens? It grows back bigger and stronger. And, and sometimes it'll grow back like the next year. And you're like, hey, I thought I solved that problem. Well, no, the root was still there. And the root was underground growing and, and actually getting bigger. And sometimes the root is so deep that it takes way more than just you pulling. You've got to get a shovel or some other tool to get that root out. And if you don't take care of the root, the problems just keep coming back. You ever play whack-a-mole? I think a little arcade. Those little moles pop up and you get a hammer to, to pounce them down. Do you ever notice they never stop coming up? Until what? Until the game turns off. The root is actually that plug. Just unplug that thing. Those, those moles stop. goofy example but what about your life what about it how does that work I mean what is your problem I mean you look at it and you think what is going on here something's not working I've got this conflict I've got anger I've got I've got these frustrations what do you do the next thing you do is this you've got to figure out what is your power source is my power there is the power right I can't tell you how many times I'd walk into a house and somebody would say the switch isn't working and I'd take one look and I realize it's a switched outlet. Do you guys remember those? Back when people had lamps a lot, sometimes there'd be a switch on the wall. And I'd look over at the switch and it was off. And then I'd turn the switch on and it works. And then my boss would say, You still got to charge him $39. Like, I've been here for five minutes. And he would say, Yeah, but you fixed their problem. Yeah, but it, what if you don't have power? Where do you get your source? Where's your source? I'll tell you this. If your source is right, everything else kind of falls into place. So what is your source? Is it people? Is it a person? How many times have you talked to somebody and they've rejected Christianity based on a person? Not Jesus, a person. A person who either didn't measure up to what they thought a Christian should be. A person who hurt them. Somebody did something. And you got to wonder, well, were they your source? Now, I'm not saying it's okay for Christians to act ungodly. I'm just saying, if your source is Jesus, then your reaction to people not living like Jesus is to have compassion and maybe frustration with them, but you're still connected to the source. That's still good, because he is good. The truth is, we've all been hurt by people. I hope it's not media people. I hope it's not political figures. I hope it's not people that are famous because 
They're people. And they're just as infallible as the people sitting right around you today. I hope it's not the news. I hope your emotions in your life are not riding the roller coaster of our country's politics and news. I mean, you know the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. I like to say it this way, if it's good news, it's no news. You don't even hear about the good news. All you hear about is bad, because they want you tuning in, plugging in. I hope it's not somebody else in your life, your bank account. Those things aren't your source. Your source has to be the one source who will never fail. And if your power source is right, and if that's the Lord God of Israel, if that's Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, then that alone will take you through anything, anything that you come in contact with. That has to be the source. But if that's not right, then nothing else is right. Look at this psalm. It says, let all that I am, all that I am, wait patiently, quietly before God. For my hope is in him. My hope is in him. He alone is my rock, my salvation, my fortress, where I will not be shaken. Where I will not be shaken. No matter what else comes in life, if he is my source, my rock, my salvation, my fortress, nothing else is going to shake me. Nothing else. My victory and honor come from God alone. We look for victory and honor in so many other things in our life. Remember, there's accomplishments or a job in other people or what they think of us. But if we, are, if we are settled and sure that he is our victory and our honor come only from him, he is my refuge, my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. Oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour your heart to him, for God is our refuge. We could actually end church right there. We could end it right there. If he's your refuge, then nothing else matters. Now, it's not to say things aren't going to bother you and you're not going to care about what your kids are doing and you don't care about. I am not saying that. What I'm saying is if your footing is sure, no matter nothing else matters. Jesus said it this way. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. You know what I love about that? He didn't tell you you are a bad Christian for having heavy burdens. He didn't tell you that you are a bad follower of Jesus if you were weary. What he said is, bring those to me and I will carry those with you. And then he, he goes on to say, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. That promise of rest for your soul is what we need today. All those things I said in the introduction, that's what that is. We need rest for our souls to lean on the only one who can fix our problems. He is it. He is the one. How do you do that? I think one of the most important things you can do is think about what comes into your heart and mind. Literally, you choose what comes in. You are the gatekeeper of your eyes and your ears and your heart. What you let come in influences the way you feel, the way you act, everything. Every. I I think about this. I think about worship itself, the act of worship. I choose to worship, but I also can choose what music I listen to and what influences me. There's times when I feel like I feel like everything's going on around me and the whole world is swirling and I'm caught in this vortex and I can't get out. 
And what I found is I have, I have some playlists that I've created in Spotify where I just listen to those worship songs and the music. And as that music floods and changes the way I think, and it overwhelms my overwhelmed heart with the peace of God, I choose it. I choose that. And prime timers, I didn't tell them this, but I led worship last week. And the songs I led are songs that I sit and I play on the guitar. They're old choruses that just talk about Jesus and who he is. They're songs we haven't sung in probably 30 years. But they're songs that I grew up with that speak deep to my heart about Jesus and who he is. How beautiful his name is. And it just quiets my heart. I know you know this. Every, Every song preaches something. We don't think of it as preaching, you know, it's got cool music or great lyrics or catchy tune, but they're preaching something. And I guarantee you, most music you hear isn't preaching Jesus. I'm just challenging you. If you want to change the soundtrack in your head, change the soundtrack in your ears. The word of God is alive and powerful. There are times I do this and I recommend this. If you do not use the Bible, the Version Bible app, I recommend it. It's a great tool. It, it gives unlimited you know, Bible versions to listen to. I don't think that's as important as much as you getting the word of God in your heart and mind. There are times where I will, I will have it and it, it will read scripture to you. There are times where I'll just, I'll just feel like I just need the word washing over my heart and mind. And I will listen to entire books of the Bible and just let it soak in my mind. Your human mind, the way God made it, it picks up things you can't even remember, and it does that. And the more of him in your heart and mind, the more he will change you. And the fact is, it's the only book where you're reading it, and the actual author is God himself, and he's not only written it, he's speaking it into your heart and mind. The time you spend in prayer, don't neglect prayer. Do not neglect it. I heard, I heard a preacher once say, I was so busy that I didn't have time not to pray. (laughs) It caught me by surprise. Like, wait, wait, what? Here's what he said. My schedule is so full and I have so many things and so many people that are pulling on me and so many things that are tugging at my heart, so many worries and cares that people ask me to carry with them. And I want to be equipped to do that. The only way I can is if I spend time with God first. Look at Jesus himself. He spent time. And in doing so, what you do is you start to take captive the thoughts that, that, that bounce around your head. Paul said it this way, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Yes. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You may not think of it like this, but the negative thoughts and the way the world thinks and preaches today, it's destructive to you. It literally weighs you down and it works against a positive attitude and, a, and faith in God. And what Paul is saying here is we, we fight those pretensions, we fight those arguments, and then we take captive. I heard this concept years ago, but it's, it's kind of that self-talk. You know, the, you know how you're, you're talking and you've got this reel going in your head and you, you walk into a room and you see someone's expression and you say, huh, I wonder if they're mad at me. I wonder if they don't like me today. I wonder, wonder what's going on. I wonder... And what's happening is you've got this reel in your mind that starts telling you things. And maybe for some of you, it's worse than that. Maybe you get up and you say, I'm not good enough, or I'm not attractive, or nobody likes me. Those are thoughts from the enemy. That is not of God. Not at all. 
You are a child of God. You're the apple of his eye. He loves you enough to send his son to die for you. You, you alone, he would have died if it was just you. Think about this too. What you feed grows. Have you ever thought about that? What you feed grows. If you grow the spirit of God in you, that overcomes and overwhelms the spirit of the world and the, and the negative self-talk and maybe your own thoughts. You need to have that grow. If your focus is more on God or more on your problems, one of those is going to grow in your mind. Is it going to be God or is it going to be them or God or you? I think the next step you got to do is, at least it's what we do as an electrician, then you start checking connections. Here's what you do. You, you pull things apart and you make sure things are tight and you make sure there's no wiggle room in there for, for any spark to grow or any corrosion. Remember one year, one summer, oh, this was not as fun, but we would go to all these trailers. You guys know what trailers are, right? And there was a time period, I guess in the 70s, where they wired all these trailers with aluminum. Well, aluminum wire, as it gets hot and cools, it shrinks and contracts. So it ended up being a fire hazard. A lot of fires were caused. So, so we literally would go to all these people's homes and every outlet, and we would have to rewire just the ends of the outlet. Checking connections, making sure they're tight. I remember one time my boss came in and he just said, he goes, the way you do these connections can be life and death for these people who live in these places. He goes, because these things are like a tinderbox and just one spark could set the whole thing on fire. I was thinking about this all week. Where are your connections? Of course, we're talking about a connection to God, of course. But I'm talking about the people in your lives. What are you connected to? And are those people feeding you godly things or are they tearing you down? Are they lifting you up in your relationship with Christ or are they pulling you down? Are they people who would encourage you or people who would discourage you? What are your connections? Who are you listening to? Who are you giving access to your heart and mind? You choose that. Who is guiding you? I've heard it said that we're a reflection of the five closest friends we have. But think about this. Who do you spend time with? You reflect that back in your life and in your world. I'm not saying to avoid everybody in the world who needs your help. I'm not saying that. But I am saying this, that you need to check those connections. Are they feeding you? Are they filling you? Or are they depleting you? Are you giving in to gossip? Are you letting people talk badly about other people to you? I saw this this week. Somebody said, you know, wisdom for my kids. If they, if they talk about other people to you, they're going to probably talk about you to other people. <laughs> is it negative? Is it divisive? Or is it somebody who's encouraging and supportive and challenges you to live a better and a godly life? You choose those connections. What I'm challenging you to do is to check them. See if they're tight. See if they're the way it should be. <clears throat> One of my favorite verses, especially when I was a youth pastor, I used to quote this to kids. I'm sure they got really sick of it. It says, do not let an unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. I would say that to them about other people and about themselves. How many times have you been with somebody and they say, oh, I can't do anything right. Oh, I just made another mistake. Oh, I'm horrible. Oh, I'm this. I would stop them and say, look, that's also unwholesome talk. But if they were, even on the volleyball court or wherever, and they were, they were you know, uh, making fun of people who didn't do well or, or, or saying bad things, I was like, whoa, no unwholesome talk coming out of your mouth. Instead, I love this part, instead, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, what they need, that it may benefit those who listen. And just a little, just two verses later in the book of Ephesians, Paul says this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, 
has forgiven you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to check those connections in your life. Are those the kind of people that are you are giving access to your heart and mind? And if not, you need those people. You need to get those people. How do you do that? Well, starting back with the word, it's how much of it do you have in you? How much of it is in you? Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. All your ways. One of the funniest things on that electric job, when we'd go do troubleshooting, almost every time there was a problem, it was somebody's fault. It was clearly not, like, okay, here's what I'm saying. Outlets don't usually go bad by themselves. It's something somebody does to them, right? Either they stick something in there that shouldn't be in there, or they're, they're yanking cords out sideways, or breaking things, or water gets in it. It's usually something we've done. Have you noticed that in life? I mean, it's kind of like a computer. It's junk in, junk out. Usually the computer doesn't fail on its own. It's something we've done. What are you doing? How are you, what are you doing to make sure you're connected to God in the best, most important way? How are you doing that? What are you doing with your actions? I, your actions equal good relationships. Galatians, Paul says this, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest what you plant. I grew up hearing it this way. We reap what we sow. What you plant, you reap. If you plant negativity and bad things and gossip and anger and strife and divisiveness, that's what you get. On the other hand, if you surround yourself with people who are encouraging and then you in turn encourage them and you're somebody there for them and you make sure that you're available to them, then that's usually what you get back. Those who only live to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of doing good things. And just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone especially to those in the family of faith. We reap what we sow. Keep on keeping on. The last thing, I wish I could solve every problem, but there were times when I had to make a phone call. You guys ever have to do that? You've done everything you can do, and you realize you can't do it by yourself. There's times when you've got to call for help. I, I hope you understand this, but we're, we're wired to need each other. See what I did there? The whole electrician thing. We're wired that way. We are wired to need each other. I grew up in a home where my dad, we, we did everything ourselves. We fixed everything ourselves. We planted everything ourselves. We built things ourselves. But then there came a point where we didn't know what to do. So we called somebody for help. You can't fix everything. You can't. Sometimes it means you, you, need, you need counseling. You need to talk to somebody. We, we are blessed today in our, in our world and in this, in this place with great Christian counselors who can give us advice that is helpful. Pastors, friends, small group leaders, mentors, people who've walked farther. But I, I wanted to do this today. I want to encourage you to take advantage of things that this church offers for you. We actually have small groups and classes that are for you for these purposes, to help you, not encourage you, but to, to grow you in your faith. 
We offer these at different times of the week. On Sundays, we have some great classes. The youth have a Sunday school class. Grief Share has a class led by the Endicotts. Maybe you've experienced loss in your life and you think you don't know what to do. Or This class is amazing. They talk about that. PJ's been teaching a Sunday school class for years. She's such a good teacher, so wise. Marsha and Carol, they teach a class. Uh, Jimmy Arches, you saw him. We were dedicating uh, him and Kristen's baby. He's teaching a class just started today about evangelism on Sunday mornings, unleashed evangelism. Tuesdays, our Ironman group meets second and fourth, so we meet this week. I encourage you guys, this is a group where you can connect with men who will encourage you and grow your faith. Fearless, a women's group, does the same thing first and third Tuesdays. Primetimers, for those of us 55 and older. Wednesdays, Candace Logan teaches Holy and Hope. Right now they're doing a class on Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. Maybe you've been walking in your faith and you're like, I don't know how to grow, I don't know what to do. You need to come commit yourself to be part of one of these groups. Vicki Marriott is teaching a, a class, a book written, it's called God's Psychiatry. It covers things like the 23rd Psalm, the Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer, and others. Terry Ann Porter, new to the church, she's teaching a, a Bible study while they're knitting. It's, it's a cool idea, I love it. So the next generation will know by Vicki Riley, she's teaching this class, and it's preparing our young people to, to be able to take the onslaughts of a world that is against them. And then a new class that's starting, calling it Soup. It's, it's about prayer and spiritual warfare that the welcomes will be teaching. It starts on the 21st. Those are on Wednesdays. And then you heard Pastor Jeremy talk about our Connect Lunch. If you are new to this church, we'd like to get to know you and, and you'd be part of us. You can register for all those classes online. You can do it. I put the links in the YouVersion Bible app. If you've ever used that app, there's a place in there where you can follow along with these notes. You are here, and that's important. You are joining us online. That's important. You are investing in your Christian walk. There's this passage of Scripture in Hebrews that I love this. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Usually we skip that part and get to the next thing about neglecting the meeting together. But did you see what the goal is there? To motivate one another to acts of love and good works. That's why we get together as Christians. That's why we need each other. I've known people who... They just say, like, I don't need church. I'm good. I, can, I get it all of myself. I understand the Bible. I can teach it if I wanted to, but I don't need to go to church. And I kind of look at them and I think, well, maybe that's true for you. It's not true for everybody else, though. Maybe you're the one person who could do Christianity by yourself, but we're not wired that way. That's not how it's meant to be. And you guys are already doing it. You're here, and that is awesome. But what I'm telling you is the idea is for you to get more. I'd love for Pastor Nick to join me up here. Think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I saw this Tony Evans quote. I, th I shared it with you a few weeks ago, but it made me laugh. He said, uh, some people said, ask if they need to go to church to be a Christian. He says, well, uh, not really, I guess. And of course, you can still be married and not ever go home, but the relationship will suffer, Right? We're supposed to be connected. That's the point. You're not supposed to live this life alone. You're not. You're supposed to live it in connection to God, connection to each other, and for you to check and grow. Peter wrote this. He said, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. We're supposed to do that. Paul wrote to the Romans church. He said, live in harmony with one another. This really makes me laugh. 
don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. (laughs) You're in good company if you're ordinary here. And he says, don't think you know it all. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. And Psalm says, how good and pleasant it is when the pe- God's people live in, together in unity. I'm going to ask you to shut your eyes as we... I just want to ask you some questions and have you ponder for a minute. I started off asking what your problem was. Maybe you were here and you, you thought... I don't have any problems. But as I was talking, maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit, he, he gives us these impressions and sometimes it feels like maybe nervousness in our chest or sometimes we realize, hey, that's me. I do have some problems. And maybe you've realized it's because you're not connected to the right power source. Maybe you've been here today and you've thought, yeah, I do have these struggles and now you realize it's because I'm not connected to the God of the universe and if that connection is good, everything else just details so I'm going to ask a question this way today is there anybody in this room today who you realize you need a firm better good connection with the king of glory God himself and you need that connection I see that hand I appreciate that I do see those hands and you want to make that connection today and you want to make it stronger and the honesty I appreciate your honesty Maybe you're sitting here today and you've never made that connection. But you realize, I need that connection today for the first time. Anybody like that today? We want to join you in prayer if that's you. And we want to help you make that connection. Anybody like that, that for the first time, you say, I need to make that connection. Anybody at all? All right, if you would stand with me today. I'm going to invite those who are ready to pray with you, if you would come down, because we we do want to take time and pray with you. If you need prayer to help that connection be stronger, or if you need prayer for anything else, it can be physical healing, it can be a situation in your life that you just need someone to stand with you in prayer. It could be if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you want to be prayed for for spiritual gifts, whatever it is, we want to pray with you. And I want to invite you to come on, and these that are coming to the front right here, they're ready to pray with you today. But if you need prayer, come on down and pray with them. Just jump out of your seat and come on down. But I want to pray with the rest of us here this morning. I'm going to ask you to do this. If you would just join me in prayer. I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God to help make that that connection with him secure. And those of you who raise your hand and you acknowledge the fact that you need a deeper connection to him. I just want you to pray with me and make that meaningful. And if you would like personal prayer, go ahead and come out of your seat now and come to the front and pray with these who are willing to pray with you. Father, we come before you this morning and we realize that we alone cannot live this life. God, we come before you knowing that we are struggling with things that are beyond our control. God, we're struggling with things that have weighed us down and we feel that pressure in our hearts and our minds and we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. But this morning we realize we need to come to you, the true source of all power, the true source of happiness and joy. God, we need you to intervene in these situations that we are carrying. As you said, that you, if we come with you with, to you with our burdens and our heavy hearts, that you would take those things and make them right. And we ask you to do that this morning. God, we bring those cares and concerns to you and we ask for you to carry those. 
You as the God of the universe who has the answers. You as the God of the universe who cares and knows about every one of our issues. And we ask in the name of Jesus that you would take these things from us. God, I pray for those who are considering following you and turning their lives over to you. And I pray, God, that you would continue to work in their lives and their hearts and their minds. Father, we give you our praise this morning. I pray for our connections to each other, that you would work in those things. And as you see the things that we need to change, that you would help us to change those this morning. And we give you praise and glory for all of those things. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This, this front area is still open for prayer. If you want prayer for anything, you are welcome to join us. Otherwise, you are free to go. God bless you. Have a great day.